0: This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little bad-ass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas. Hello, amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I am excited to have one of a kind, Farah Walsh, and she's my hairstylist. And I've been like checking her out. Obviously she's my hairstylist and I love what she does, <laughs> but she's become very popular. And I really felt that it was important for her to be on this podcast because she is handling her shit. And I want you all to get to know her. And if you're in the area, you got to book an appointment with her. So let's get to yeah. know a little bit more about Farrah. Farrah, welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast.
1: Hello, hello, amigas. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, of mm-hmm. course. Of course,
0: Vera. I'm so excited. So let me, you know, tell a little bit our amigas about you. And so I have some clients, I mean, not clients, but some, some guests that are not from LA. Some have been like literally out of the country. So I just want to give perspective on some of my guests, you know? And so you, you're
1: born and raised in LA? Yes. Okay. I am from Whittier, California. I grew up here and I currently work and have my business in Whittier.
0: Nice, nice. So I'm excited because I actually don't live in Whittier and I actually travel all the way to Whittier. So if any of you from LA know that the distance between one side of the county to the other in traffic is a nightmare, but I I make sure that I get to my appointment on time because this lovely still in front of us is really cool and amazing. So she's born and raised here in LA. So I want to really talk about like how it all started for you, because I know that it's not like we grow up as babies and then decide we're going to be hair specialists. So let's find out a little bit more about you.
1: As a kid, I actually wanted to be a race car driver. So very different, but my mom and my grandmother are both very glamorous, well put together women. And my mom took ROP classes when she went to high school for cosmetology. She never became licensed, but as a little girl, I was always put together and I loved every aspect of it. So I was probably styling my sister's hair at a very young age and doing all our friends and family. And I just had a real love for it. That kind of is what sparked all that. So you're helping your friends and
0: family. But at one point you decided to get a cosmetology certificate or license, right?
1: Yeah. That kind of is a long story because in my family, we talked about work so much and we never really talked about education past high school. My mom was very, had her mindset that we were all going to go to Catholic school. My dad was not so much a fan of that, but she insisted. And Right as I was graduating, I was deciding what I wanted to do with my life. And although my parents really provided a nice lifestyle for us, there was no extra money for a car for me or a cell phone or things like that. So I actually decided to go to work. And I got a little part-time job at Macy's at the mall by my house. And I'll never forget, my grandma wrote me a $700 check to put towards my little two-door Honda Civic. And it took me maybe like six months to pay her back. And I was so excited. And I just had that financial freedom that even that pushed school a little bit further on the back burner for me at the time. And I want to say I did that for like about a year. And I sat with myself and I really thought, okay, what are we going to do with our life? We have to do something. My mom was kind of on my back and I was thinking, and at the time, there was this little show on MTV called The Hills. I don't know if you remember it. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And this girl, Lauren, she moved to LA with her best friend, and she went to this fashion school in LA, and I was familiar with it because it's across the street from where my parents actually met and worked at the Federal Reserve Bank. So me and my best friend were very determined to go and have this college experience. And we were going to go to school together and carpool and all of that fun stuff. And you had to do an entrance project. And I remember I created my own cosmetic line called Face It Cosmetics. And I got accepted that day. And they were going over the cost of the school each year. And my friend got accepted as well. And her parents were able to pay for her tuition. And when mine and um, my parents applied for a loan, we couldn't get approved. And so I even tried a co signer with my grandmother. And they pretty much ultimately told me to come back in three years and apply it for me, the loan on my own. And I was devastated. I was like, and this was for their beauty program. Because not only did they have fashion, they had a beauty program. And you have to remember, this is before Instagram and marketing yourself and branding yourself was a thing. So I thought, wow, I'm going to go learn the business aspect of my industry and then go get my license. And I'm going to be like, set up for success. And when that didn't happen, I was really, really upset. I was like, what am I going to do now? And I remember I went home and I saw a Marinello commercial. And, you know, this is like the OG of the beauty schools. And there was one in Whittier and I called the school up that day and made an appointment for the next day and toured the school with my dad. And we applied for a loan that next day and I was starting school the next week. So although that door like really closed for me in one way, that was my first time learning when one door closes, the other one opens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that was really exciting for me because now I was just going to learn. You know, I was doing it the other way than what I had thought.
0: Right, right, right. So that was really cool. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. I think having that door closed mm-hmm. at the beauty program, we well, will not name that beauty program. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think it was a blessing in disguise. It's a blessing yeah. in disguise, right? So, okay. So now you're into this school. So then what? I mean, I'm sure you get a lot of training hands on before you actually
1: either start working for somebody, right? Oh yeah, you get it took me about a year to finish beauty school because it normally takes about nine months, but I was working the whole time, so I was juggling both and um, gosh, you learned so much in beauty school because you're a cosmetologist, not just hair oh it's what is that nail so, so you're learning nails you're learning skin, and there's a few days of makeup, which I was a little disappointed in because I really loved makeup at the time that's why you'll find a lot of makeup artists aren't cosmetologists because you can just get certified to be a makeup artist and not go through the whole schooling of cosmetology
0: ah well I didn't know that
1: I did not know yeah
0: okay so then you what you decided hair
1: hair I picked up a pair of shears and it's like I had been holding them my whole life I remember being so fascinated with all the different angles you cut hair and, and the layers that it would create and the movement in the hair. I really was drawn to hair cutting initially. Okay. So you finally graduated, I, I assume.
0: So then what mm-hmm. do you do? Like, like, cause you know, let me tell you a little bit about law. You graduated mm-hmm. from law school, but it's like, okay, you don't have customers. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Like. You go to uh, another business, you become an intern. Or what's the
1: process about that? Well, they surprisingly don't talk very much about that. Mm-hmm. You get your date to take your state board exam, which I think it was the following month. And you're really, really nervous about this. You're hoping there's two aspects to it. There's a written and a physical and you have to pass both. And I was so nervous. And they tell you the same day that you um, either passed or not. I passed. And then I don't even know where the idea sparked because in school, they really don't talk about assisting. And I think it's so beneficial to assist or an intern in any in industry you work in. So for me at the time, being from Whittier, my heart was like dead set and working in Hollywood. I wanted to work in Hollywood. I wanted to work under the best of the best stylists. I don't know who they were at the time, but I knew they were out there. And so I remember browsing Craigslist, or I think even Penny Saver had an online now. Do you remember Penny Saver? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. And just assistant jobs, looking and looking. And I came across one, and it was in the heart of Hollywood. In fact, Pink's Hot Dogs was across the street. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, being young, I'm 19, 20 years old, I want to be in this area. And I found this salon called Chop Chop Salon. And it was well known. I've got a lot of um, press about the owner there. His name was Darren. He was this really cool Japanese Irish guy and he only cut hair. I remember going in for that interview and for the first time ever, this was news to me that people specialized. I'm like, what do you mean? He, He asked me, do you want to cut hair or do you want to color hair? And I was like, why do I have to choose? And so then he explained to me that some people do one or the other. And because he was the owner and I was already really drawn to haircutting, I chose to work under him. Yeah. And it was a really good interview, I thought. And at the very end of it, he said he only hired people who went to the Dell beauty school. And this is like the elite of the elite beauty schools. Mm-hmm. Like tons of money to even go there. And he said that to me. And although I thought, you know, this interview went really well. Um, I had my mom outside cheerleading for me, waiting for me. And he said that I kind of was doubtful, but I didn't live in that space or that energy. I didn't give it too much thought. And I probably called him every two days for over a week, just asking him if he had thought about it, what he was going to do. And the day that I walked in there to start my first day, he told me he hired me because of my persistence. Mm. And I just kind of laughed in my mind because my mom always told me like, no opportunity is going to come knocking on your front door. You have to go out there and get it. So that was how I started my first salon assistant job. Ah, really cool.
0: interesting. So it's it was like you were you convinced him because of your persistence. Obviously, yeah. You, you I'm know, like, why not, why not Yeah, but like his perspective of like just hiring Vidal salon interns was like his thing, yeah. and you're like yeah. not from Vidal. You decided, no, I'm going to keep on persisting, persisting until he hires me. So, amigas, always, always persist. You know, they say that it takes four times to get a sale, just so you know. Apparently, it's like a, I don't know, some sort of theory I read in one of the books that I've read before. And it says there, Mm -hmm. persist at least four times until you get your yes. So, hello. You exactly did that. You were persisted and you got the job. Okay, so you get the job and then what
1: happens? So I worked for him for about a year and a half. And on the flip side of that, he gave me a whole Vidal Sassoon education. There's this book that everybody abides by. It's called the ABCs of haircutting. I got these books, I got these CDs, and I trained every week in haircutting either under him or another stylist who would take me on and I would have models come in. And I remember, you know, mind you, I'm driving commuting from Whittier to West Hollywood and I was putting in maybe nine hour days there for very, you know, low pay. And I would be at the target across the street or the vintage um, store across the street, trying to get models to cut their hair for free. And they would all look at me like, well, why is it free? <laughs> I'd have to explain, like I'm training, you know, it was a whole thing. But I worked there for about a year and a half and I got so much experience and education from him. I knew it was really benefiting me putting in this time, but I ultimately decided I don't want to send somebody off to get their hair colored by somebody else. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have control over the whole look. Like I'm not just a hair cutter and a lot of the beautiful creations that come out of our work is through color. So there was a couple stylists at the salon I was at that moved down the street. They're now off La Cienega at a salon called Ramon Salon. And I found a girl who had, she did both. She actually was a, a certified Redken color specialist. And I worked under her for almost two years learning everything I needed to know about color. And she cut hair. So I was learning her little, you know, tips and techniques and things like that. And I really looked up to, it was like a great mentor of mine.
0: Wow. Okay. So still you're working for someone, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So Mm -hmm. when did you transition to work for yourself? Because that's a whole different process, like opening up your own business, getting your own customers. So
1: That took some time because in the midst of working under her, she was a little bit old. She was like 10 years older than me. And she decided she wanted to switch things up and go to fashion school, which I thought was kind of ironic, you know, and my hours were reducing more and more. And I'm driving from Whittier again, and it's not seeming worthwhile. I'm starting to question myself and this, what I'm trying to achieve here. And I had a girlfriend who was working for this company while assisting as we all know today as dry bar and they were barely on their second location now there's thousands of location in every city you can find and they were hiring for their pacific palisades location so i don't know if everyone knows where that is that's literally till the 10 freeway ends yeah so even further out But they had a really cool concept to their salon. You know, it was just blow drives and taking me back to my high school days where I loved styling and, you know, doing wedding hair and things like that. I got to really hone in on that side of my job and they hired me on the spot and I ended up working for Drybar for seven years.
0: Wow. That's incredible because, I mean, everyone knows who is Drybar and I, and so Awesome. So then, okay, working at dry bar, you know, blow drying hair at one of the most exclusive dry bars, because it's Pacific Palisades, like this is like, like the who's of the who is there.
1: Yes, (laughs) that was my first thing. I will never forget walking into the Starbucks. I think it was like a rainy day and I kind of slipped up on the curb there. And somebody from behind me asked me, oh my gosh, are you okay? And it's Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know. How to. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. We end up standing behind one another in line at Starbucks chit-chatting it. So that just shows you these people live there, but there's not paparazzi. It's like a safe place. For them, it's such a beautiful area, mm. and like you're right, the who's of the who's all live there, and we're getting their hair done at the dry bar there. Like no big deal. Yeah, yeah. So wow. I definitely had some really cool. I had Julia Roberts. That's a movie, Pretty Woman's a movie. Me and my grandmother used to watch over and over, and she's sitting in my chair, and I'm blow drying her hair. And you're like, Like, oh my God, I can't believe this. This is so (laughs) surreal. And she was so cool. She's got frizzy hair and she's so laid back. And I got so many cool, and you can imagine seven years, Dry Bar really came into its own and they started offering Dry on the Fly so people could um, hire us to come into their homes. And then they put together an A-team. So I was on the A-team. I got to do events like Coachella, or TV premieres or different fashion shows that they would have at like Catch LA. It was the coolest thing to be part of this team that they would call on you to work. There was a lot of cool experiences that I gained, hence why it was so hard for me to let go because over time, I slowly found myself wanting to come back to Whittier because I thought, well, I gained all this knowledge. I'm not really vibing with this town for whatever reason, maybe because I don't live here yet. Doesn't every community need a really well experienced hairdresser. So I slowly came back, but I think I was down to one day a week at Dry Bar just to have that, like be on the team and have that interaction. And it was a really, really cool experience for me. I'm really glad I did that.
0: Well, yes. Yes. Oh my God. Well, that's amazing for being a part of this big company and being a part of the A team, which is like awesome because doing hair at like festivals, like Coachella it's a big deal. It's so up my alley. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, okay, so you now you decided to be in Whittier, and as a businesswoman, what was that like? A very challenging for you to start, or was it like, oh, piece of
1: cake? I've got all the customers. No worries. I actually had no customers yet, so keep in mind I was assisting out in LA. I was doing some house calls, so I, you know, every job or gig or whatever it was, I took it. I had like three or four jobs at one time. And now I'm gaining clients through Drybar, but they're only blow dry clients. And I'm trying to move back home. So, none of, you know, not a lot of those people are going to follow me. And I'm basically in Whittier now trying to build my clientele for the first time on my own, you know, behind the chair. And it was so crazy to me because the minute I moved back to Whittier and so and so heard or their friend or whatever, they, all flocked to me. My clientele just took off like, Oh, you're in Whittier. Oh my gosh. I'm going to come see you now. So that was the real start of that. I was only working like one or two days in Whittier at the time. Cause I wanted to see, I'm very patient. Maybe sometimes a little too patient where I'm like, all right, let me get my feet wet. Let's see how this goes. Because you know, I still was making a good little living out in West LA. Right, right, right. Yeah.
0: So now I see you very visible it in, in your Instagram and TikTok and and I know you've uh, been written up at LA Bullage. so I really want to yeah. talk about all that because that's all marketing and I find it very beneficial as someone who also has this business that social marketing is very important so I want to ask you what inspired you to be on TikTok? And has that worked in converting into
1: clients? Oh my gosh, 100%. So as the time I was moving back to Whittier, Instagram came into play. And this is the first time we can brand ourselves. I remember people, professionals telling me while I was assisting, you really need to learn how to brand yourself, how to put yourself out there. And you didn't have to pay anyone to do it for you. Like, I think at the time my Instagram name was Free Baby. I wasn't even really promoting myself as a hairstylist yet. I was posting just a few pictures, but I will never forget. Her name is Jenny Via. She's a dear client of mine. And I'm shopping in one of the boutiques there in Uptown Whittier. And she came up to me and I had been posting a little bit and she was like, are you Free Baby? I have been watching your Instagram and I you have to do my hair. I want you to do my hair. I'm so excited to meet you. And to me, that clicked. I was like, oh my goodness, I can post my work. I can have a digital catalog of my actual work. You know, you go into a salon before and there'd be these like really outdated magazines of hair inspo that no one was really doing anymore. And you could see my own work. And that is probably the biggest compliment to me when someone comes in and shows me my own work off my Instagram, that that's what they want their hair to look like. Like that is comes such a far, long way for me. So that was Instagram. Then I caught on to it. Then I turned into freestyles and I'm posting, I'm learning the hashtag. It really is a whole other job. Sometimes it's a little exhausting coming home from being on my feet all day. I always say I have a little love hate with the social media because it's benefiting me and my business 100%. But to come home and have to post and do all those things, as you know, it's a little tiresome. But TikTok came into flourishing and I was like, Hey, I'm seeing people really blow up on TikTok. And there's a whole different, there's no aesthetic to it like Instagram is. It's really about being yourself and putting yourself in front of the camera, which was something that was new to me. I'm always, I am always say I'm a behind the scenes kind of girl. I'm taking the photo of my work, I'm posting it. Um, but it's been really fun to experiment with that. And sure enough, people on TikTok are messaging me or heading over to my Instagram to message me. And it's like, so cool. It's so cool to see what
0: we're able to do with social media. Yes, totally. And I know that yeah. now it's like you are so booked. It's like, okay, you have appointments available until August. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, Farah, I need to see you now.
1: <laughs> I know. But it's working. Know. You know that I is tell working. everyone we have to pre-book your next one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like when yeah. you're done, when you're done a styling their hair, you're like, okay, book it up now so that I have you on, uh, in, on this chair by X date because you never know what's going to happen, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful, but yeah, it's booked out.
0: Oh, wonderful. I'm so excited for you. And I know that you were written up at LA Voyage. So tell us a little That's bit true. about how that came, um, uh, came across
1: uh, to you. That was cool. They reached out, you know, I put all my information on my Instagram and they just reached out via email. And I remember reading it. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. They want to interview me. And, you know, they send you a list of questions and it was a really cool experience. I always, I say now it's the first of many, you know, being written up, but to read my story back to myself and my dedication to this, it was a little emotional for me because it's been so, so many years, so many times of like, should i be doing this is this the right move you know there's not a lot of people in my corner cheering me on or have paved the way in front of me but it just felt right yeah. so that was such a cool experience oh yeah I really congratulations really, uh, you deserve so it
0: you deserve Thank that you. and much 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 more so my love Thank as we're like finishing our interview i always ask my amigas out there said what if you could provide us with one or two tips on how an amiga can handle her shit, please let us know.
1: Um, I would say the first thing would be to just say yes, say yes to the things that scare you. Those risks, even for me being here today, it took a little courage for me to be here and sit down with you and share my story. But I never regretted the things I did because it scared me. You know, I always say to like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that has applied to my life in so many ways, because those things, they always, always pay off. And I, I feel like if I even knew that a little bit sooner in life and wasn't so reserved or shy about things, it would have only benefited me earlier. So that would definitely be one. We definitely are going through our own journey.
0: And It's so easy to be in fear. Like that's easy, right? It's easy. Mm -hmm. But what's challenging and more difficult is to break out of that fear, right? Because it's scary, right? It's scary. But saying yes is the first
1: step to that opportunity. And the opportunities are only as great as the ones we take. Mm-hmm. And that's and just really benefited me over time, you know? Uh,
0: yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like even when the Vidal Saloon, Dry Bar, I mean, all these amazing things that have, not that they fall in on you, but you manifested like at every turn. Yeah. And now those are yes opportunities. They were scary, but you made it right. happen. And that is amazing. And I am so, so proud of you. And you're my hairstylist. And I love that. (laughs) So tell tell the amigas out there how they can get a hold of you to schedule an appointment.
1: So I am on Instagram. Freestyles is my name. I'm Farah Walls hair at gmail.com. Also, my phone number is on there. I always prefer texts. But yeah that's how you can get a hold of that's
0: how we're going to get a hold of you so thank you yes. so much Vera, for being on Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast
1: thank you so so much Jackie
0: thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast if anything resonates with you today please share it with your friends and subscribe rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player